Welcome to The Shift, the podcast that empowers you to make a change in your life and chase your dreams with passion and purpose. If you are tired of feeling stuck in a life that doesn't fulfill you, if you have big dreams and ambitions but struggle to turn them into reality, if you want to break free from self-doubt and limited beliefs, Join us every week to listen to inspiring stories from regular people just like you, actionable insights, and the motivation you need to make the shift towards your own dreams. And please don't forget to share, subscribe, and leave us a review to help spread the message and inspire others. Hey Paul, so welcome to the show. I really appreciate you, man, uh, for joining us today. Uh, quick intro. We can shoot a poll and then Paul can go into more details about who he is. But uh, here's a quick story about how, how I met Paul. So first time we met on Zoom, I asked Paul, hey, you know, we introduced each other, I asked Paul, hey, how's it going? He said, well, I just had a meeting. You know, it was pretty boring, nothing memorable. I was like, oh my God. Uh, I started thinking, this is a... Uh, this is not <laughs> this is not good. I mean, how can I make myself memorable now? <laughs> That's right. Uh, <laughs> and, and then uh, so and your listeners now know that I'm super judgy about how these go. So it's good. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks for uh, having me. Is this this is one of your first podcasts too, right? I mean, how exciting. That's correct. Yeah. Um, this is one of the first ones. Hopefully, not the last one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> <a> good start. <laughs> Paul, we'll go into more details, but I know, hey, you know, you have three kids, right? You have like almost 4,700 fans on Facebook. You're crushing it on TikTok. You have about more, you have more than 37,000 fans on TikTok. So that's, that's actually more than me. I have zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just getting started. But, uh, you know, Paul is the, is the funniest, uh, guys, Paul is the funniest real estate lawyer I've ever met. It's like when you talk about that. uh <laughs> that's phrase. That's high that's good. Yeah. So, so when you talk about uh all of you have seen a movie about Spider Man, right? It's like the, your friend the neighborhood uh Spider Man. But the way I think about Paul is like he's your friendly neighborhood attorney. You know? Right. <laughs> well, I'll take that. It's <laughs> uh, man. But Paul, hey, why don't you tell us uh, you know, who you are uh, and, and what you do? Sure. Yeah. So like as explained, I'm Paul Vincent. I own a law firm called uh, Vincent Esquire back here behind me. I own it with my brother, Adam, and we focus on uh, helping entrepreneurs do things. A lot of our entrepreneurial clients are real estate professionals. So we help them buy apartment complexes or storage facilities or mobile home parks or or uh, producing new projects in any of those kind of asset classes. So that's what we spend the majority of our time on. Um, and then we also help, you know, help them think about things that they don't usually like to think about. Like, hey, if you were to die tomorrow, what happens to your stuff? So we do a lot of estate planning, you know, just helping people get a little closer to what they what they want to get after. So, so yeah, flattered to be one of the early guests on the show. Eugene's the nicest guy, as all your listeners are uh, either know or will find out soon. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, just happy to help. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. And you know, yeah. thinking back on our first meeting, it was probably me talking to a lawyer because uh, lawyer meetings are always boring. So I bet for <laughs> a lawyer or a 
the one thing we really like in our job is, is that we get to work with a lot of new people in the real estate industry. And those people are always excited, are always uh, eager to learn um, and happy to take our advice because they're just figuring it out themselves. The worst ones are the ones that have done it the same way forever and are only looking for someone to, you know, put some paperwork together and not not uh, really help much. We really like clients that we can kind of build long-term relationships with, almost treat mm-hmm. treat ourselves like partners with those people because our interests are aligned. If you close deals, that's good for us. If we help you close deals, that's good for you. So uh, that's kind of what we like to do day to day. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. you know, I completely agree. I think at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, connections. It's all about networking. Yeah, man. And, yeah, I was. I, I saw someone say something the other day about relationships, and it's like, yeah, relationships are everything. You know, the more relationships you have, the the better your network is, the stronger your network is, the more you can accomplish. So, so yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what we we try to focus on on the clients we work with and the kind of work mm-hmm. we do. So, that's awesome. Yeah, that's uh, that's super exciting, man. Uh, well, one question uh, I had for you was, um, I think it would be very interesting for everyone to know. How did you know that uh, being an attorney was uh, something that you wanted to do? I had no idea, actually. <laughs> so I, uh, so I, when I was a little kid, I thought it would be a cool thing to do because that's like that's what a lot of important people have done. There's a lot of people in our world history that, if you look back, especially American history, most of them will have started what they what they accomplished by being a lawyer. You know, by by doing something with a law degree. So I thought I didn't. I didn't really have any examples of people that were lawyers or they were doing lawyer things that I could really look up to when it was time for me to decide that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I knew I knew it could be a really helpful tool in the toolbox to do whatever it was I was going to do. So I went to undergraduate school, got a history degree, which is pretty meaningless. Uh, it's fun for me, but it, it doesn't it doesn't really kick out much much potential product outside of being like a you know a museum curator or a uh, history professor in college. So, but I knew that if I got through undergraduate school, I'll figure out what I want to do later. So after a year off of undergraduate school, I decided, hey, I want to go do that lawyer thing that I've always kind of kicked around, but didn't know where the hell to start. And I just Mm -hmm. started cornering myself into doing it. So I took the LSAT, didn't really know how to do that, didn't study for it at all, did well enough, got into a school, and then just started, you know, just, just kind of went in uh, head first, and then that's kind of where it started. So that that's it. Nothing, no aha moment other than I need to be a grown up here, and what can I do that I think I'll enjoy? And I really like helping people, and being a lawyer is neat because you get to help people and uh, get paid for it. Mm-hmm. I like solving problems. You know, we get to do that every day, and and yeah, so that that's kind of how I got here. That's awesome. That's awesome. You mentioned you have a you you had a brother, uh, yeah. and he's he's also a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Um, is that the, did you guys like think about, uh, about it together? Like, Hey, yeah. Did you so guys about he, it or what? Yeah. So when I was going to the law school, he was actually already a, uh, he had a master's degree in English and was teaching other English nerds, uh, undergraduate, like, you know, English comp 101 and different English courses. And then, you know, after he did that a couple of years, he saw what I was doing and you know, being a lawyer is kind of neat because you do have an end product and you do get to help people at the end of the day. You actually see like kind of a, you know, a cause and effect on your work, right? It's like, well, this is going on and I came in and it ended up here. So 
you know, he saw that. Right. Uh, he saw what I was doing. I think he, he he found that interesting. So he went to law school. And then after law school, he joined me in a firm I was at. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we've always been best friends. My, um, you know, we were, were very lucky to have a, a very tight family. So we knew we'd always be working together. But an opportunity came up that big tax lien purchasing client bought a pool of tax liens in, in our area. And a buddy of mine was handling their work down in Southern Ohio. And he's like, Hey, you had mentioned before. And I had talked to him like maybe, maybe three or six months before and was like, Hey, if you ever need any work up North, think of me because you know, we're happy to help. So anyway, that opportunity came, we thought about it for about 20 minutes. We ended up quitting our jobs and starting our own law firm and uh, kind of the rest is history. And that was, a little over six years ago. So we've owned our shop for six years and so far so good. That's awesome. And that, yeah. you know, so, you know, our podcast is called The Shift. I'd like to talk about people like how they actually shifted their life, you know, from being on W2 to be, right. you know, to, to be an, an entrepreneur. And uh, yeah, so what we guys. did, yeah. So like where you're at right now, you're a W2 guy, right? Uh, I'm on W2, yes. Yeah. So, what I did was really no different than what you could do when you have, uh, you know, some opportunity, maybe a little uh, more lucrative real estate opportunity. Because what I, all I did was I dumped my W two, but I'm still doing the same thing. And I, you know, when people are like, "Hey, I want to burn the ships," I don't want to be like you, man. You have a really good skill set. There's a lot of people, and it may be you, maybe not, that are like, "Hey, I want to quit what I'm doing." I don't, I don't think you want to quit what you're doing. Like, unless you absolutely hate it, right? Like, I have guys that are selling insurance that are W-2 guys. I have I have friends that, you know, flip houses or do anything where they have a boss. I was like, you really don't hate your job. You just really hate having a boss, right? So all I did was similar to what maybe many of your listeners uh, could do with, with, with a little opportunity is like, just go be your own boss. Do what you're doing. Don't give up your major skill set that has a ton of value. Maybe mm-hmm. just go be a consultant or start up your own shop and do that kind of as a, a more lucrative side hustle and you get to do the real estate thing or whatever else you want to do. So, so yeah, that's all I did was we saw this opportunity. It was a big chunk of money that was going to keep us happy for about a year. And then we were mm-hmm. like, yeah, we'll figure it out when that year ends. Well, we didn't really figure it out when the year ends. We, <laughs> we, we should have done a better job on that, but that was it. That's how we shifted. We had one opportunity. We went after it. And the rest is history. That's awesome. I I know, you know, we talked about this before, and you told me that you actually had a great opportunity when you were in W two uh, to actually become a partner in the law firm, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and you bailed. Yep. What was the sort of the reason behind it? That like yeah. So if you're not a W two and now you're a partner with somebody else that you may not see, you know, you may not perfectly align with. It's just a different type of boss, right? So if I'm not a W-2 where I get paid, whether or not I really have to produce any sort of new clients or anything like that, like that's that's simpler. You just show up to work and you get paid and your accountability isn't as high. But with a partner, you're like, you know, you go from working 40 hours as a W-2 or maybe 50, maybe, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 50 or 60. But if you show up to work as a W-2, you're going to get paid, right? Unless you're a horrible nightmare of a worker. <laughs> uh, but if you're a partner... Like you have to be produced hours and, you know, tons of revenue. And for me, in that kind of partnership setup, it's like, 
well, if I'm going to make money for somebody, why would I share it with somebody else, you know? So in the legal community, it's a little different like that. So I just figured, well, if I'm going to produce, I'm as well produce from me, Adam, and my family instead of me, Adam, and, you know, my partner's family too, you know? So it would have been great, sure. But like I said, the, I want to do the transactions that I like doing. Like if I was at my old shop, I would... I would probably be doing all sorts of kind of weird civil, you know, medical malpractice cases. We would be doing some intense like murder cases and stuff. And I didn't want to do that. I want happy transactions only. Uh, and that's what I find in real estate and syndication and estate planning. So That's awesome. So basically, yeah. you decided to build your life on your own terms. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, those old cliches, man, those are right. Like, do what you want to do. And like I said, people shouldn't shouldn't only see dumping their W-2 as like dumping their profession. Cause I don't think you should do that. If you can, if you can find some sort of, you know, more flexible 1099 setup at a different employer or at your current one, you know, sometimes yeah. your current employer may, may want that. Like, God, I wish this guy would ask me for some more flexibility and maybe I don't have to pay him so much. Uh -huh. um, that those conversations can be had. And I, you know, before anybody, you know, closes one deal and then thinks now I'm, I'm financially free. Like uh, it's hard. So yeah. try to be creative on it. Yeah. And uh, I think uh, also uh, the challenge lies uh, with people. Probably, you know, some people could be really afraid to have those, those type yeah. of conversations uh, with their boss. Right. Yeah. It's understandable because some bosses can be real jerks. Right. And then, and, and people don't want to disappoint, you know, they, they don't, they don't, they don't value their kind of, own future maybe more so than everybody else that works around them like you know even my wife's working at a at a preschool right now and mm -hmm. it would make a whole lot of sense for her to help me more around the office and do some stuff for me but she doesn't want to let down the other teachers you know and it's like well it's going to make their lives harder you know so it's it's understandable these are all the sort of things that everyone's dealt with forever you know and it's and it's not going to change but at some point hopefully the light you know, turns on in your own kind of mind and mm -hmm. you go do it. And then I think there are some people that would regret leaving their W-2 and the safety of that after a couple months. But the great majority of people, when they turn the switch, they're kind of like, ah, I wish I would have done this earlier. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that could be true indeed. Um, I know a few buddies of mine who actually did that. And just like you said, uh, they wanted to do it uh, earlier. Yeah. No, I mean, that's not, that's not for everybody. And there's certain people like not everybody's got this entrepreneurial kind of drive either. Right. Like I know you could, you do all sorts of wild stuff. You're a smart guy. You can do it. But a lot of people like they read these books and they get inspired, but I don't think it, I don't think it'd be good for them. Like you're, you're a worker bee. You know, we all need these. We all need the worker bees. Thank God for the worker bees. Because if we didn't have the mm -hmm. worker bees, we couldn't eat, we couldn't eat at restaurants. We couldn't, you know, have most of our life taken care of if these worker bees didn't show up to the utility company or the, the cable company or, you know, all these jobs. So, you know, one thing I think the entrepreneurial community gets wrong is to kind of hammer on those people that are going to work nine to five and making that money and raising that family. We need to be more thankful for them because without them, man, there's, there's no room for the entrepreneur without those people showing up to work. So I, I'm into that. Um, I think you're totally right. You know, some people are made for entrepreneurship and some people are not. And that's yeah. okay. And, I, and I'm anti-shaming. You know, the internet's full of, 
you know, tearing you down to build you up, you know, sort of Facebook posts on like, you know, there's a lot of guys that are like, what the hell are you waiting for? It's like, do it on your own time. Worry about yourself. Don't worry about some internet clown. They don't, <laughs> they don't know your, they don't know your situation. They don't know your spouse. They don't know your parents. You know, it's, um, no. it's often blown out of, uh, blown out of proportion. I think it's unfair. You know, it's like, don't worry about everybody else. Worry about yourself. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah, I think that's where most people sort of get uh, get it wrong. Like they worry yeah, about what totally. other people will say. They worry about uh, friends on the uh, on social media, yeah, uh, j- judging them right for yeah. you know taking any sort of action on their yeah. hands. Yeah, uh, and if yeah. and if that's the reason why you're not doing it, you know, outside of your spouse, I mean, that's really the only one you got to worry about, right? Like your mother, yeah, she'll be fine. You know, she's been critiquing you your whole life, but like. Outside of the person you're building a family with and you have to live with every day, like don't worry about anybody else. If you're mm-hmm. married, if you're lucky enough to be married, worry about that person. If you need to convince that person that this is the way to go, then spend the time doing it. Outside of that, though, dude, if they're not a roommate or you know, like a full time roommate, like a spouse, like, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> don't worry about them. If they're if they're that stupid, they're gonna say something about it. That actually makes your life a lot easier. You know, if you if you can see like, oh, this person's an idiot. I get to cut them out of my life. Good. One less, you know, uh, it makes it a lot easier. Then you're not going to oh, worry sure. about like, you know, you don't have to worry about calling these people back. They're like, no clown. I just saw you on the internet critiquing <laughs> my post, you know? So. Totally true. How did you actually, so talking, uh, speaking about the, you know, convincing the wife, how did yep. you actually convince your wife? Did you actually have to convince your wife? So. Yeah, I, I probably didn't do a good enough job. But we, you know, I, I, we were, we were lucky enough to have this big client that was like, Hey, we're going to pay you, you know, this type of work is going to keep you fed. So it was actually pretty easy for me because it was the amount of money I was going to make on this first client was actually going to be probably right at, or a little bit more than what I was doing. So, mm-hmm. and she knows I'm an arrogant idiot and uh figures <laughs> I could, I could figure it out. So she's, you know, she's very, she's very nice to me and is uh, confident I'll do the right thing. Now it hasn't been easy for sure. You know, I indicated earlier that we had this great client for a year. Well, we didn't do what we preach all the time now, as far as like networking and building. And and our reason I preach this stuff so much is because I've seen the difference it's made for me, you know, and the difference, like if I would have focused more on what I'm doing today, like right when I started this firm up, like it would be, it would have been way easier three years, but I did. So it was really hard three years ago, you know, three or four years ago. So, so yeah, but ultimately she's supportive and whatever, which is nice. And that's why we're married and that's why I'm happy. And it's been 14 years. And it also was, Hey, look, this is, this is, this is what I'm doing now. This is what it looks like, you know, when we open up our new shop and, and that helped. But I don't know that if you were to ask her, I don't know that she would agree that I explained it that much, but that's how I remember it. So. <laughs> I mean, or maybe at some point uh, we will invite her. There are people actually who, um, uh, they actually want to make a move and, yeah. but there are, you know, a lot of limited beliefs, uh, that they may have uh, right. a lot of other things that they may be, they may be uncomfortable with. Right. So tell me about the time when you realized like you wanted to make a shift and what was actually going through your mind at that time yeah probably the the 
easiest thing to point to is we had a, so it's me and my brother Adam. We had an older brother, Dan, and he was our best friend too. And he passed away. So it just mm-hmm. changed the perspective of things of like how valuable time is, how little we have here and how much, you know, things can change like really quickly. So that was probably it. Cause it was, you know, you're, like I said, you're here for such a short time. You know, the benefit I think of our, the detriment of what we do now is that there's no guarantee on revenue and income, you know, and all that stuff that you have to balance. But there's, there's a guarantee that I get to do whatever I want while I'm working here. Like take my kids to school every day. I, you know, I just, I, I was five minutes late to this podcast cause I was picking my babies up from school and I really like that stuff. I've, you know, I've, I'm pretty happy that I haven't missed any sort of school things because if I do, if I have missed something, it's because I'm traveling to do something else, you know, for work that I really enjoy doing. So, um, so yeah, that was the thing when I, you know, when you see how short life can be when bad things happen, you know, out of nowhere, then you're kind of like, well, it's a different perspective and, and definitely, uh, changes things, which is the silver lining of that sort of thing. So, yeah, and, uh, I'm sorry about New York. Cause yeah, man. No, that's fine. Yeah. appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, I totally agree. I could relate, you know, family comes first, uh, yep. and whatever you, you know, whatever we do, we probably do for the family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yep. So that's, that's cool. You know, there are a lot of people, like I, I mentioned earlier, like they want to make a difference in their life. What is the one tip, uh, that you would want to share with us today with our listeners so they could take home? and implement maybe right away yeah um i think the the first thing you should learn or figure out on your own is like hey what makes me the most happy what you know what do i really enjoy doing and then if you can teach that to people like you should do that that's a simple thing that adds value to other people's lives i mean that's one of the things i really like doing is uh even when i don't feel like doing it or you know i feel like i've done it too often if we do these calls there, you know, everything's like a networking call. You know, if somebody is like, Hey, I want to know how to buy an apartment building. You know, I may not see, I may not hear from this person again ever. Or if I do, it might be 12, 18 months from now when they eventually get a, get a project. But I also know that when we get off the phone, that person feels like, like they've advanced that part of their, you know, life or that part of their journey and going after whatever it is they go after. So for me, I think, if you figure out what you really like doing, that will make going to work a lot easier and will make it so you can kind of grow up that network of people that are like-minded. You know, if it, if it's real estate, I, I expect that most people that are going to hear this are real estate oriented, like find, find the real estate asset class that you're most excited about and then build your network up around that. And if you can teach some skill out of that kind of new career, um, that'll make That'll make going to work a lot easier. Awesome. So, totally. Hopefully that hopefully that answered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Uh what are you working on right now? Like uh what is your goal? What's sure. what's ne- what's next for you? Yeah, so we're still doing a lot of private placements, helping people helping people take down projects. We start a little education course ourselves. It's a Facebook group and we're gonna do some some uh you know evergreen videos on certain certain acquisition models like sub two and syndication all that sort of stuff and then we want to buy another apartment so kind of the idea would be get in an apartment deal every year for hopefully the next 10 or 20 years 
So we want to do that, keep our law firm growing. And then we have a book that we're working on about networking and stuff that we're excited about. We've been excited about it for about two years and we're finally chipping away at it. It just takes a long time when you're trying to put a good product together. Uh, nice. So those are the biggies. Those are the biggies. You know, an acquisition would be good to get in on. We're starting to fund with a with a partner that is going to help people with transactional lending and seller financing and stuff. So we're going to hopefully unveil that within, you know, probably the next 30 or 45 days. And yeah, man, just, I don't know, trying to figure it out like everybody else. That's awesome, man. No, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to reading your book. You know, let me know yeah, when it comes out. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, so yeah, you know, there's, you know, we get, we, we even pitched a thousand different times, you know, a thousand times by these book writing companies. And we actually tried it once and it was just absolute trash. I mean, it was just, Hmm. They put a draft together and it's like, it was just awful. So, you know, we're going to do the uh, the slower, but I think a much prouder version of what our plans are. And, you know, it'll, it takes time, you know, and the thing that, you know, I get frustrated with how slow it is. And then, you know, you read these, you know, these books I'm listening to on Audible or books I'm reading. These are books that people that, you know, took a decade to put together. And it's like, yeah, these things are really good. It's like, yeah, because hmm. they freaking worked on it for, you know. 120 months or whatever. So, so yeah, I'm a little too impatient, but we're getting there. That's awesome. No, I think yeah. it's going to be good. I already see it. I already can see it. I think it's we're going to be awesome. All right, we're good. <laughs> well, at least I got somebody that might lead it. That makes two of us. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, hey, I'm going to be your first reader. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. You'll get, you'll get the uh, you'll get the author, author's copy to look at before we yeah. go live. Yeah, you're going to be able to sign it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, like, <laughs> that might devalue it. Yeah, also. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you mentioned a lot of cool things that you're working on, and I think it's going to be a very interesting topic, maybe for the next podcast, uh, where, we, where we can dive a little bit more deeper into what this education is and what the real, what different real estate assets are yeah, and uh, how people can invest in those assets. I think it's going to be a very interesting podcast on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think... Uh, you know, I'm going to invite you again and, you know, we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's great. If you're happy to have me back, I mean, shoot, I can talk all day. So, yeah, no problem. Oh, well, you know, I think it depends on... <laughs> yeah, it's, hopefully, hopefully, you're, hopefully you're more busy. I, I'll be like, I'll be like on call in case you... <laughs> no, I'm sure. Of course. I think we're going to do it. We're going to do it for sure. So tell me one thing. I know probably a lot of people need people like you right now need good good lawyers and i know you're pretty damn good one how people can connect with you uh yeah facebook's really good um that's a nice way to reach out uh if you want to connect and talk about a deal or kind of a networking call we we have this it's set up on our calendly thing if you go to dealdiscussions.com it'll bring up my calendly and you can schedule a half hour or something down the road. So any of your listeners who want to do that, dealdiscussions.com. Uh, it'll open up my calendar and then you can set it up. Then we can just talk about what you got going on. Or And like I said, I'm a, I'm a relationship guy. So, you know, you can't build a relationship up without actually talking to somebody first. So that's kind of a good way to kick it off. Awesome. Guys, we're going to put all the information in our show notes. So you'll be able to reach out to Paul 
right? Then you yeah, find, and we got uh, you know my emails, Paul. Yeah, I'll tell you my emails. My is on there. If you if you're looking for a clown show, you can go to the TikTok lawyers on TikTok, and uh, we're on there too. So. <laughs> TikTok lawyers that that's a handle, right? That's a handle. Yeah, I it's funny because I we we got it a long time ago. I didn't start posting until. I don't know, coming up now, it's going to be a year probably in June-ish. Uh, but yeah, when I signed up probably two years ago, it was like, hey, that's still available. Cool. <laughs> but now there's a, there's like a bazillion lawyers on there now. So, Wow. I've seen only one there. It's you. <laughs> yeah. The only one that matters. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's funny. Like, so TikTok lawyers, do people actually associate you guys as lawyers that work for TikTok? Yeah, I hope so. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't got the letter from TikTok yet, or any checks. I'm waiting for my W two check from TikTok, but now they haven't. They haven't sent me any checks yet. So that's awesome. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I actually, it's funny you bring that up because about four months ago, I kind of got worried. I was like, "Oh man, what if they like shut me down?" He's like, "Hey, bro, you're not a lawyer." <laughs> but I think, "Oh well, it's too late now." So we'll see. Uh, if it goes away, it goes away. <laughs> well, I hope it's not gonna go away. Because uh, yeah, I think it's a pretty, they would, they uh, would pretty good handle. They would have, yeah, they would have done it by now. Uh, and and really, you know, TikTok, ben, like if I if, if someone actually likes watching our videos, that's a big win for TikTok, right? Because, I mean, they want people on there. Mm-hmm. Um, so whatever it takes, as long as you're not slanging hate speech or, you know, some horrible, or horrible thing, you know, they don't care. So I suspect we won't have any trouble. <laughs> awesome. And you. You know, got uh, all the listeners uh, out there. We're gonna put the TikTok handle in our show notes as well. Oh yeah, Tyrion. <laughs> no dancing. But, there won't be any dancing. So if you're there for dancing, you're gonna be disappointed. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's move to our fun round. Oh, good. Fun round, fun round. You know, I'm already having fun. I can't imagine it being any more fun. So well, let, let's do double fun. All right. <laughs> well, so first question. Let's go back. You know, for a second to elementary middle school years. All right. I'm curious, what was the younger version of Paul look like at that time? Um probably not all that different. I don't know. Uh not a troublemaker per se. Got a little bit of trouble, but not a terrible troublemaker. <laughs> Pleasing mom and dad, uh, that was important, you know. Uh kind of a class clown. That probably wasn't that wouldn't be off if somebody said that. But yeah, athlete, like I really liked sports, competitive, didn't like school that much. I mean, I never really liked school that much. So never, that's it, probably was like a defense mechanism because I wasn't that good at it, but I never really cared for school that much. Even law school, I, you know, I, I, I worked through it, but I never really enjoyed the, uh, the rigor of studying law, you know, like some people do. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, I think that's it. A little bit of a troublemaker, trying to have fun. Yeah, that's probably it. Probably it's so, probably not all any different than what I'm doing now. Right? Like, <laughs> we're talking about, you know, what we do every day is a little bit like school. And it's like, let's try to have fun while we're here. You know? So it's probably the same thing. But it looks like now you're a, you are actually on the opposite side of you're on the teaching side. I do a little bit of teaching. <laughs> yeah, right. No one listens to me either. So, uh, <laughs> the same thing. Uh, I'm sure people do. <laughs> yes. What is your go-to Halloween costume? Halloween costume. Wow. Um, the last time I dressed up for Halloween, I think I was, what was it? Oh, it was, uh, we did the Incredibles. So I was an Incredibles dad. Awesome. Uh, that's not really a go-to though. I really like the, uh, 
I really like the old person look. So, you know, because you can do it with like a spray can of like white hair. That's kind of cool. I did that once. That was fun. I did, uh, I did a cowboy once. Pretty solid mustache. But I don't really have a go-to. I, it's Halloween time. I'm just there for drinking. Uh, like I want to make drinking easier. So I don't, I don't need a costume for that. Nah. Uh, boring lawyer. I guess I can pull that off at any point. Now, what is a go-to drink? Go-to drink. I'm a whiskey guy, not a not a obnoxious snob, you know, whiskey snob like people tend to be now. But uh, whiskey's good, vodka's good. I could drink vodka probably easier. Whiskey makes me a little mad, so I probably shouldn't. Yeah. You know, I don't. It, you know, it's there's all these cliches, right? It's like, oh, if you drink, it makes your blood boil. It's like I think it really might. <laughs> so I, I was just talking about <laughs> that, but uh, well, yeah, hey, I'm a I'm a liquor guy more than I am beer because. Beer just fills me up and doesn't do what I need it to. Okay. What about sounds, you? Sounds good. What about me? You know, I think I turned into more of a wine drinker. Wine's good. I like wine. I be I, I got on that wagon about six months ago or more often. So I, I can do that. It's a good doesn't you know, it doesn't balloon you up like beer, but it's doesn't knock you over like whiskey either. So yeah. it's good. But when I go out, you know, Look at it. I can go like order a nice cocktail. Yeah. Uh, You're a classy guy. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know anything about wine. It's just, it's just like, oh, no. Right. Oh, right. I, okay. go strictly by, <laughs> I go strictly by the label. Can I see the label? <laughs> the label. The label well, you're, right, I mean. you're more sophisticated than me. I go by the yeah, color. It's like either white or red. <laughs> this, one ta- this one looks like a red. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right, next one. If you were to describe yourself with one word only, what would it be? Oh, wow. This is intense. So outside of clown, I won't say clown. Uh, one word. Uh, hopefully helpful. Helpful is good. I'll go with helpful. All right. That's kind of we'll the take, idea. We'll take that. Yeah, that's kind of the idea. I mean, that's that's the day-to-day, you know, and if if clown was already taken, I'll do helpful. <laughs> You could probably combine the two words, right? Yeah, you can be a helpful clown. Yeah. No, yeah, I think helpful is that you know, you know the, um, you know the abundance mindset is uh, is a good one. So that's kind of what we try to do is uh, you know try to add value. We did a, you know, we did a webinar the other day to try to help people understand you know more complex things like syndication and and obviously there's a you know people will remember us when they have to do it, but it's also like it's not as complex as you know, some people want you to think it is. It's it's pretty simple once you get your arms around it. So we really like doing that sort of thing. I concur. I actually was uh, on that webinar. Uh, oh, yeah. So that's right, man. Actually yeah. learned something? That's good. Of course. I'm learning every day. And yeah. uh, I think it would be very interesting. Uh, uh, do you want to share that link on uh, the show notes with us? Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, if anybody wants to, you just get... Uh, I'll say, Yeah, I'll send it to you. Easy. Yep. Awesome. All right, so we have a few more. All right, so let's say in 100 years, science fails to save us all, right? And what is left is a book about your life. That's pretty good. What What would the title be, and what would the blurb tell us about Paul Vincent? Wow, sheesh. Ah, yeah, well, hopefully it was a value add, hopefully adding value to mm-hmm. the world, ideally. I hope big family guy so you know hopefully my kids have 
all hung around and I've done a good enough job for them to, you know, follow me around and have their own family tree. Yeah, that's it. Hopefully a little impact. You know, I do some things in, on, on the local level in my town. Like I was on, I'm on the school board now and city council and just always trying to pitch in with some ideas, hopefully good ones. So yeah, I think some sort of adding of value to my sphere, it would, would be a nice way to, to end it up and hopefully live to be a hundred years. That'd be cool. That's good. That's the goal. I want to be a hundred years old. Your guy, man. Manifestation. It's what they say. I should probably stop drinking if I wanted to. (laughs) Well, I don't know, you know, it's a trade off. It's a trade off. Yeah. I mean, sometimes maybe you, some people probably won't get it's like preserving my body maybe at all it's like preserving my body if I saturate it with wine so gotcha see all right well let's talk about this actually when we both turn 100 years old okay (laughs) let's do it let's do it all right so if you have if you could have a billboard with anything on it what would be what would it be and why what was that again if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? Oh, sure. Be nice. Just be nice. That, I think if you focus on that, that that will cover you in all sorts of things. It'll help you be a better professional in whatever you're doing. It'll help you be a better parent. It'll help you be a better spouse. It'll help you improve your network. It'll just, you know. One thing I try to do is if I'm out and about and I'm at Walgreens buying Kleenex for my kids that have been sick with a cold for two months, you know, just be nice to that person. And that that seems to have helped just the next time I see them, they'll remember me. So I think that's it. Just be nice. That's simple but effective kind of golden rule stuff that has been around forever because it works. I think it's a great great advice. Good. And uh, last question. Last question. What was the one question you always wanted to be asked by someone who interviewed you, but never did? One question. Let me think about that. Um, how? I don't know, man. That's a hard one. Probably, probably the best question would just be like, what? What would you? What would you recommend to any? young person that doesn't know what they're doing. One of the things that, you know, it may seem like if you're an outsider, right, and they see that Eugene's got a podcast or Paul's on a podcast and he's, you know, on the internet posting stuff, they they probably think that these people have their stuff together. Like they've planned, they've forecasted this outcome for themselves. And this goes for everybody, right? If you're if you're a Gary Vee fan and you're 20 years old or you're a Bradley fan and you're 20 years old, you probably think these people have had this plan together forever. So if you're a young person out there, just know that everything takes time. So my my question, I guess, that I wish someone would ask me is, what would you recommend to a person that's now graduating high school? Figure out your own future and don't rely on what others are doing. Because most of the time, there's no one really that I know. And I, and I don't know lots and lots of people, but I know some pretty, pretty, pretty successful people and almost all of those people are figuring it out every day, one day at a time. So if you're a young person and you don't know how to get to starting a podcast or how to buy an apartment building, just know that 
everything takes time. And even if someone on the internet's telling you to do one thing, worry about yourself. Don't listen to them. Go to college. Don't listen to every guru that's like college is a waste of money. It's not anything. I think all those people are wrong. The experience you get on the experience you get on experiencing things like college far outweighed by by the downside. Yeah, it's gonna get expensive, but everything's expensive now. I mean everything's expensive. So I don't know if that answered the question, but that that would be it. If I were what would you tell a young person? And it's just go go uh learn perspectives by networking, by going to school, by getting out there. So I think it's an awesome advice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's, it's uh there's a lot of advice on the internet and it's and it's all like, you know, rocket ships and this is how you get there faster and, and it's like everything takes time. You know, I really like the majority of what Gary Vee and his type say, but I think they're wrong on the push school is unnecessary and you can do exactly what you want to do in your life without going to school. Like mm-hmm. young kids have no idea what they want to do. Right. I mean, if, if you're on the internet and you see someone that you look up to, you're mostly looking up to them because they drive a fancy car or you think they're on stages. That's, that's something you want to do. Like you have no idea. So just go experience the world for a while before you decide your next 60 year future, you know? So. No, totally. No, I think it's an awesome advice. And uh, I think uh, sometimes people are being misled uh, by the oh, fact that, uh, you know, they can become millionaires, you know, tomorrow. It's like a right overnight success. There is yeah. no such thing as overnight success, right? So it's like, no. uh, right. Outside uh, it's of lottery, hours and days. Yeah. Lottery is the, lottery the, way yeah. <laughs> lottery is the <laughs> only way to do it. That is yeah. it. And, that, and don't put all your money in the lottery. You put some money in the lottery. Sure. Not all. I think after this podcast, I'm going to go buy a ticket. You should, man. You can't, <laughs> can't win if you don't play. <laughs> awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Paul Vincent. Paul, thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you on the show. I know you and I will be connecting very soon to talk shop. I'll be seeing you. Congratulations. I'll, on, I'll uh, be seeing you very soon, brother. Yeah, congratulations on doing this, man. It's going to be big for you, and it's going to be even better, you know, for all those listeners that are exactly positioned like you, right? Like you were years ago when you didn't know where to start, like, Focus on those people that are down the ladder from you, and and uh, you know this show is going to be great. So, good job. Awesome, thank you so much, man. We hope that today's episode has inspired you to take action towards building the life you've always wanted. Don't forget to leave us a review, share, and subscribe to our podcast for more empowering stories, actionable insights, and motivation to help you make the shift towards your own dreams. Thanks again for listening to the shift.